Hey, good evening. Broadcasting live September 20th, 2015. And I'm alone tonight. Robin is, what did she say she was doing? I can't remember. Not here tonight. So tomorrow we have the grand opening of this monastery. Doesn't have a name yet. I was thinking about that today. Names are so arbitrary, you know? Meaningless. So, in no hurry to give it a name. Except that when people refer to it, we, we use names. Names are useful, allowing us to refer to things. This is how the technique, um, this technique is explained. There was a, there is a monk in Thailand, fairly famous teacher, who has been very critical of our technique, calling it samatha meditation. He said it's samatha meditation because you're focusing on a panyati, a concept. Right. The words are these words are just concepts, and for true vipassana, you have to focus on ultimate reality. So the words, being concepts, don't allow for that. So I had real trouble when I went to Los Angeles. When I was in Los Angeles, he had come out with his view, and all my Thai students in California, in Hollywood, were. Um, not all of them, but there were a few who came to me and expressed this view. And I'd heard about it, and I just happened to be listening to Usilananda, who has now passed away, but he was living in San Jose, and a lot of his talks are on the internet. He's a student of Mahasi Sayada, who was really good with Abhidhamma and quite well-versed in the Tipitaka and had good English skills. So was a great teacher, never met him. But I was listening to his talk, and he said there are two kinds of panyati. There's what are called um, aramana panyati, which is an object, a, co a concept as an object, or a conceptual object. And then there's nama panyati, which means the concept, concept of a word or a name. So ultimate realities have names. Concepts also have names. You can give something whatever name you want, but even ultimate realities have names. So it's, it was a little bit of a sneaky, um, I don't know if intentionally, but it was a conflation this monk had made between Aramana Panyati and Nama Panyati. You need a name to, to be able to identify something. And so we have these names, even na names like walking. Walking can be referring to an ultimate reality, the movement, the, the datus, the, the elements that you experience when you walk. But 
but it doesn't mean you're focusing on the concept. You can't focus on nama panyati. You focus on aramana panyati. It means that the object is either conceptual or it's real. The name is always a concept. So when we say rising, we're not focusing on the concept. Uh, we're not focusing on the word or the name because the name is not real. The name, you can't even focus on it. It can't become an object of contemplation. Only things whether they be conceptual things or they be um, real things, can be the object of meditation. But names cannot be the object of meditation. Anyway, that's just apropos of the whole idea of a name. The point, the point being that names are useful, and we use names to focus our attention on ultimate reality, uh, just as a name for this place would be useful, because then people would know what we were it would be able to direct people's minds when we'd say it's such and such a place people's minds would would click and would connect with this place so having a name is therefore useful still somewhat arbitrary and so i've been personally dragging my feet in naming this place anyway so everyone rejoice in that goodness that tomorrow we're going to perform. I've got a webcam set up downstairs. I don't know if I can show you our downstairs right now. Let us see. Now, if that worked, you should be able to go to webcam.sirimongolo.org and it didn't work. Not even one bit. Oh well. Oh no, we've got it set wrong. Let's see here. Maybe that worked. Yes, that worked. Haha. <laughs> Except it's set up a little bit wrong. Anyway, what you are seeing, and you can see it flickering a little bit, if you go to webcam.sirimongolo.org, here, let me pull it up in the YouTube video for those of you watching. Right? Let's see here. Okay. I mean, ideally it would take up the whole screen, but this is just a test. And so... Oh, there's, there was a leg, Adronaz downstairs. Yeah, there he's, what's he doing? What are you doing? Anyway, um, so this is where they're going to be sitting. So ideally we'll have this turned a little bit to the left and you'll be able, maybe we'll have it a little higher up on a table or something and you'll be able to see the monks. We're inviting three monks to give us a blessing because those are all the monks we could find here's a bikuni around you could invite her could have invited her but i didn't really go about inviting too many people anyway so that's up and working We do have a quote tonight, as we do every night, so I guess I'll 
read it myself. In this way, one should draw this inference from oneself. That person who has evil desires and is in the grip of evil desires, he is unpleasant and disagreeable to me. Similarly, if I were of evil desire and in the grip of evil desire, I would be unpleasant and disagreeable to others. When you see this, you should make up your mind to have no evil desires. Pop quiz, who said this? The Buddha did not say this. Does anyone know who said this? If you have the digital poly reader, you can click on the link. Find that it's Majima Nikaya number 15. Actually, it's a sutta that's mostly spoken by Mahamogalana, which is funny because Mahamogalana is more known, supposedly, more known for his magical powers, his ability to um, to use his his mind to express his mind in awesome, powerful ways. But he did give at least one, I think. There's another one or two by him. And this is one of them, the Anumana Sutta. You want to see what I'm looking at here? You can, you can read it together. The Anumana Sutta is, is um, monks like this one. It has to do with, it's kind of like a um, part of the Vinaya. You know, it's how, how to behave as a monk. So it's in, I think, in the English version of the Patimoka that they distribute in Thailand. They, I think they include this sutta there. So it talks about qualities that make a bhikkhu difficult to admonish. And I always think of this sutta um, in regards to defending yourself, like this one. No. Um, here, fails to account for his conduct. So if you're reproved, I can't highlight it. If you're approved, you should be able to account for your conduct, means you should respond. When you're approved, when people say bad things about you, you should not prevaricate. You know, this is this is this makes it difficult. Uh, maybe it's just not not proper. Because I'm presenting, it's kind of weird. So all these things that one should not be, and then make you evil, easy to admonish, makes it possible to have a discussion and talk to you about your faults. We should be able to, you should not like say, hey, well, you're doing it too, or you're, you've got your own faults, why are you attacking me? Shouldn't do that. Uh, should not allow anger to overcome you. And should not fail to account for your conduct. If you've done something and people accuse you of a fault, you should be able to account for it. To be to say clearly, I did that, or no, I did not do that, etc. And to explain oneself. Not give excuses, but one should say what is true. Should not be fraudulent or deceitful. Certainly. And here's our quote. A person with evil wishes, Papa Icha, Papicha, someone with evil wishes. 
is disagreeable. And it's not only that, because it's a whole list, right? So evil wishes, lauds oneself, someone who has evil wishes. So this is like someone who is, well, it's it, evil wishes specifically for, for greed. So it has to do with people who are greedy and who covet the things of others, who, are, who covet other people's belongings and perhaps their romantic interests, so covet other people's husbands and wives, you know, and breaks up other people's relationships or covets other people's possessions and so finds ways to weasel them out of their possessions. This sort of person is uh, not well loved by others. And so perish the thought, heaven forbid, it's a good saying though, heaven forbid, we should be like that, because it would forbid us from going to heaven if we were like that. No one would like us. And so he's, it's kind of more of a Mogalana sort of teaching than a Buddha sort of teaching, but it's still very uh, insightful. Uh, so it's a sutta that's well loved by monks to talk about, to think about. So all of these things, being angry and all of these, a person who is angry and stubborn, it's not going to be one, not going to be someone who we'd like to be around ourselves. A person who is arrogant and conceited, we don't like these people. If you think of who is, who is the best person, the most wonderful person to be around, but it does kind of depend on yourself, right? Because, you know, he is talking, oh, wait, he is talking to monks here and good, so good people, really. He's talking to people who have good intentions. So for for evil people and people who are caught up in unwholesomeness and, and don't have a clue what's, what's good and what's bad, what leads to happiness, what leads to suffering, people who are caught up in causing suffering to others want to hang around with these sorts of people, would love to hang around with people who are also of like-minded, like mind, who are like-minded. So it does depend on the person, but we consider ourselves to be good and, and inclined towards the good. So we have to ask ourselves, would we like to be around someone? It's a, it's a way of admonishing yourself and another way of thinking uh, about the problems of unwholesomeness. Not only does it hurt us, it makes us you know, not worth not worth being around. We don't want to be around such people ourselves. This kind of reflection, it's similar to the reflection of, I don't want to be hurt, so why would I hurt others? Right? I don't want to die, so why would I kill other beings? These are useful reflections when, when you find it hard to um, look at things from the other side. You know? Sometimes we, if you see cake, you look at it as, what can I do to eat it? From this side, it's just how can I get it? But if you look from the other side, you realize what the, the, the problem is, how it's it's a not, not a sustainable state to take other people's cake. You know, if it's not your birthday, somebody else's cake, then you, you have no right to take it, you know, unless they give you a piece. 
And so looking at it from the other side allows us to step out of our ego and our, our self you know, and see that. So a simple concept, but a useful meditation. This is one of these metta meditations, M-E-T-A, is a stepping outside of your meditation to, to, to get a sense of your, your mind state. Look at things from outside. It's useful. This is a part of Vimangsa. It's a way of part of how we succeed in anything is by analyzing our, our activity and adjusting. So, do you have any questions? Oh, another thing. Before I take questions, I wanted to talk about something else. Uh, did anyone see what's up at the top? yet in addition to our site if you didn't see it you may have to refresh your page but there's something new at the top of the page does anyone see it at the top of the page there is a new link it says meet for lack of a better word and what does meet mean? Meet will take you to this page. Where you can schedule a meeting. So Suppose I wanted to meet with myself on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. my time, I think. I would click there and suddenly, oh, I'm meeting with Yutadamu. No, Yutadamu is meeting with me. Wait, I'm meeting with Yutadamu? One or the other? I'm meeting with me uh, at 22.30 UTC time. So this is a this is about what I was talking about last night. The idea here is to set up a schedule for people interested in taking an online course. It doesn't do anything as of yet. It's just you can click if you're logged in and you have an email address set because we need to be able to get in touch with you. Um, actually, the email address may not be necessary in the end, but no, I think we have to insist on it because otherwise we're not going to be able to get in touch with you. You don't have to show your email address. You can hide it on your profile so nobody else can see it. But we need it because I will have to somehow get in touch with you. And, oh, and there we have two people signed up for time. See, they're at 15-minute slots, but I may change that to half-an-hour slots. Because I think half an hour is, is uh, more reasonable. Maybe 15 is okay. Let's set it to 15 for now and see how it goes. We can always go over time. That doesn't work now, does it? Hmm. Yeah, we'll think about it. Anyway, awesome. So we have two people on Sunday. Isn't, is that tonight? <laughs> that's tomorrow well we'll see how we're gonna do this 
and this is just a test right now but you can sign up all you want actually you can only sign up for one slot at a time so and i can click and see who tim is oh and that didn't work oh that's funny oh and does that mean i i didn't do that did i oh i did <laughs> sorry i think i just canceled both of you yeah it's not <laughs> not really uh those two people have signed up i think you have to sign up again because i unsigned you up by accident i'll have to figure out how what's going on there anyway some kind of schedule so we can talk about meditation the idea would be meeting once a week that's why you can only sign up once and um we'd try and go through a course online as far as we could go that's that I mean it's not quite that yet but it will be that eventually so questions what is a blessing ceremony Ceremony where you get blessings, people bless you. That's about it. It's not a big deal, it's just kind of tradition. And so in the interest of doing something, we will have three monks come. See, really the blessing is in the giving. So we want to give something, so it's just a, it's quite simple actually. We're not giving a lot, but we're giving little gifts, gift bags, and we're giving lunch to three monks. Honestly, it's like way less than I should be giving to these guys because the mon their monastery has been a home for me for, you know, and their monastery was a home for me 16 years ago. It's a place I'd really like to support, but, you know, I have done a little bit to support it. I would like to have done more. Maybe someday our organization can give them something. Maybe when we are all big and mighty and powerful we can give something back something something substantial you know like maybe they have a building project and we can contribute shingles or something or they have a building project right now maybe i should ask um is there something that they're going to order that they haven't ordered yet that we could be the sponsor we could our organization could take on but yeah, so the blessing comes from giving. So tomorrow we're going to be giving and hopefully some people will also be coming and giving. And so we'll start off on a wholesome note. And then after the monks leave, or if they want to join, we'll do meditation together. And that's it, quite simple. Would you say cultivating hatred in others leads to worse karma than culti cultivating hatred in oneself? You know, it depends on the worse and you know, karma is very, very complex. So worse is not not actually not actually about the the object. I don't know, I mean, I want to say, without thinking too deeply about it, that would it be different having hatred 
all other things being equal, would having hatred towards person A be greater than having hatred towards person B? But it's not quite correct in this case because the person B in this case is, is oneself. I think self-hatred is, is a bit different, no? Self-hatred has more to do with ego, I would think. But I'm not sure. I don't really have a, an answer for that. But honestly, I mean, it doesn't seem like a very, very useful question. They're both bad. I mean, isn't that enough? Do we really have to, you know, do we have to put a hierarchy here with this one's worse than this one? We don't really do that. Like, is greed worse than anger? Is anger worse than, you know? Is this worse than that? They're all bad. Get rid of them. Self-hatred is often associated with guilt, feelings of guilt. That's a different flavor to it. And you don't really hate yourself the way you hate others. Like you don't get raging anger towards yourself. It's more like a, you know, it's a different flavor. Still hatred, but. I can't seem to note thoughts. The noting always comes after the thought. Why is that? Well, because when you're thinking, you're thinking. You can't note anything as it happens. You have to note right after it happens anyway. Because when it happens, it ha it's happening. You're, you're, you're engaged in that. But thinking especially so, because thinking engages the mind. It engages... It is, it is mental activity. But nonetheless, after you notice that you're thinking, the point is the point is not catching it. The point is stopping the mind from going the next step, from reacting to it. So once you know that you were just thinking just now, saying to yourself, thinking, is reminding yourself it's just thinking, so that you don't instead say, oh, that was a bad thought or a good thought, or oh, why was I so distracted? Why couldn't I catch that thought, you see? If you had just said thinking, or even knowing, knowing that you were thinking, and that would be it. Okay, I was thinking just there. And you wouldn't react to it. In the 12 links of dependent origination, how is it possible for consciousness to come before the sixth sense basis and contact? You know, I'll tell you what the Buddha said about the about Paticca Samuppada before I actually give any attempt to answer this. He said it's very hard to understand. He scolded Ananda for thinking he understood it. Paticca Samuppada isn't a chain. It isn't a, like a, uh, a link chain, like one link after the other. It's very complex. It's deceptively so. Yeah, I mean, it's not deceptively so as well. It's just, you know, it, it's complicated. You can't just say one comes before the other. It's not a, it's not entirely linear in a temporal sense. But what he's, what is being said there is that consciousness is a um, 
condition. Vinyana Pajaya Nama Rupang Nama Rupa Pajaya Salayatana. So you need consciousness to have the experience, the physical and mental aspects of experience. You need the physical aspects of experience to have seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and thinking. You need seeing, hearing, smelling, and tasting, feeling, and thinking for there to be contact. That's what's being said. It's not saying first comes this, then comes that. Then the next moment that comes. First comes consciousness, then the next moment. No, it's not temporal. Those ones are certainly not. It's saying vinyana pachaya is a pachaya. Vinyana with vinyana as a pachaya. Pachaya meaning a cause or a condition. With consciousness as a condition, there comes um, nama rupa, physical and mental. But to understand Bhatija Samupada, you have to go to the Patana, Patana, which is the seventh book of the Abhidhamma, which is all in all supposed to be like 400 cartloads of books or something like that. Is this huge body of of uh, permutations, really kinds of of causality or kinds of conditionality? Twenty-four hetu the conditionality of being a, a root. No, hetu is how do you translate hetu? Datu is root. No, hetu is root. Hetu is a root, root condition. Aramana Pajaya is uh, being a condition in terms of being the object. Uh, anyway, it's, it's 24 Pajaya is very complicated. And now there's like Purejata Pajaya being a, a condition for coming before, being born before. Pachajata Pajaya being a condition because it comes after. Sahajata Pachyo being a condition because it arises at the same time. Very complicated. Paticca Samapada is just a simplification. It's, it's, um, and it goes with the other two knowledges that the Buddha gained on the night of his enlightenment. So it deals with past lives. You know, this is, some people disagree with this, but really, if you look at the description of the three knowledges the Buddha gained, it's in the context of talking about past lives, remembering past lives and seeing people born and die. Um, yeah, so um, tomorrow and this new meat thing. Well, keep in mind, we just got it going now, and it's probably not going to look exactly like that once we're through with it. Probably it's more reasonable to go half an hour sessions. Half an hour, half an hour would give total one, two, three, four, five, twelve, thirteen sessions. So thirteen people at once. That's a lot. 
So I'll switch to half an hour slots, I think. Because some people will take half an hour, some people won't. Some days it won't take long at all, and that's fine. But we'll try to limit it to half an hour, if possible. And then, yeah, you're going to need a headset and a mic. Headset, for sure. And, headset, you know, not using speakers, because if we use speakers, I'm pretty sure we will echo. Not entirely sure. I've never done it before. But that whole thing has to be worked out, the whole video conversation. It's not at all set up yet. All right. But tomorrow, yes, um, tomorrow's too busy. Won't be ready yet. But you can sign up right now. Sign up on the hour or the half an hour, not the 15 or the 45, because those are going to be gone soon, I think. Yeah, I'm just going to delete those ones. There'll only be two every day. And Wednesday, I'm busy until... Anyway, talk about that later. According to your tradition, what are the best things to do to clear karmic influences? Karmic influences. We don't use that sort of term. Karma means action. So what you're saying is ac action, actionive, ac actionic, karmic, karmic. We've used, we've, we, this word karmic, it's an abuse of the word karma. Karma means action. So karmic, I don't even think there's a poly for this. Gum. You can't turn it into an adjective. Can you turn action into an adjective? What's the adject adjectival form of, of action? Active, I guess. So I'm sorry to make, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I just want to be clear what, we, what we're referring to. Because karmic influence, it sounds like you might have a, a non-Buddhist idea of what karma is. Karma means action. What you're probably referring to, I think, are is called vipaka, not karma. Vipaka means result, the result of actions. So in karma in Buddhism is, is, is an intention in the mind or, or mental state. There are certain mind states that are active. You could say karmically active in the sense that they are considered to be karma. So if you're talking about uh, vipaka, the result of those states, you know, we've built up a lot of that we have a lot of that coming to us from the karma that we've performed. So if you're referring to how do I prevent the results of bad karma, you can to some extent. Well, how you do it is because there are four kinds of karma. I'd recommend you watch my video on the law of karma, I think it's called. There's a YouTube video. Maybe someone knows the link or can find it here. Um, I did a video on the 12 kinds of karma, three sets of four. But the one important set here is there's karma that is that, that creates a result. There's karma that increases a result, like augments it. Like there's already something that's going to come to you and it gets stronger. 
by by another karma so karma is supportive then there's karma that cancels out other karma so cancels out the result of other karma and there's karma that mitigates reduces the effects of other karma so if you have if you've done bad things in the past this life or the past and you feel like lots of bad things are happening to you you can avoid some of those bad consequences by performing good karma Initially, Dhammavichaya is intellectual. No, I don't think Dhammavichaya is intellectual. Is it better to note using six senses than more specific noting, like noting angry, depressed, sitting? I don't get it. The six senses are not more specific than angry. If you're angry, that's different from seeing, for example. But if you mean generally, should you be specific or general? I think it depends. I think be as specific as you can comfortably. I mean, how specific can you get? It's, it's not like we want you to say, uh, walking six inches high, you know, lifting foot six inches high moving foot, you know, so we're not that specific, so it's just lifting, moving, placing, but when you're walking down the street, as specific as you can get comfortably, it's just walking, walking, or left, right, left, right, you wouldn't want to say lifting, moving, placing, and so on. When someone realizes Nibbana for the first time, how does he or she come back to have experience again? We don't really answer those kind of how questions. We just tell you that that's how it happens. If you want to find out, see for yourself, that's how it happens. I don't know, how does the universe work the way it does? How is it that anger leads to suffering or greed leads to suffering? How is it that karma gives rise to vipaka? don't know just does i don't think the how is any place may you explain me what jhanas are I've done videos on this, I think. Samatha videos, Samatha versus Vipassana videos. Simon's giving that talk. That's not the one I'm thinking of. There's a video. Don't you have Yuttadamo Kamma? Just look up Yuttadamo Kamma. I bet it's the first thing that comes up. Yes, Buddhist explanation of karma. That's the one you should be looking at. Just Google it. Yuttadamo Kamma. Or Karma, probably. It's one of the few videos I've done at my father's house.
I don't know how the Los Angeles one is, probably okay. Right, but about jhanas, Well, I've, I've explained this before, but I'll do it again. There are two kinds of jhana, according to the, the orthodox. So what I mean by that is in Theravada, we have certain commentaries. There are ancient teachers who explain things a certain way. In modern times, certain Theravada Buddhists have... I, mean, I don't know if you could even call them Theravada, but certain Buddhists who used to follow the Theravada or who are ordained or... You know, have followed the Pali Canon. Buddhists who follow the Pali Canon have stopped following the commentaries to the Pali Canon. So, according to the commentary, there are two kinds of jhanas. One is called Aramanupanijana, and the other one is called Lakkanupanijana. So, Aramanupanijana is samatha, it's tranquility meditation. The object is a concept, and you focus on the concept until your mind becomes absorbed. And every moment is is um, absorbed in that object, focused on that object without wavering. It's like a trance, basically. The other kind of jhana, lakkanupani jhana, is meditation on characteristics. So rather than taking one object and focusing on it, one becomes fixed and focused on the three characteristics. So this is a kind of jhana... Uh, that also purifies the mind. See, because jhana really just means meditation. That's the word jhana means. Jayat, jayata, jayati means to meditate. Um, but uh, this one means, the, the point in Buddhism, these two, two kinds of meditation are both meditations that uh, dispel the five hindrances. So the other type of meditation that dispels the five hindrances is focusing on impermanent suffering and non-self. Once you see that the objects of the sense are impermanent, unsatisfying, uncontrollable, etc., you lose interest in them and as a result give, do not give rise to greed, anger, delusion, to liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, doubt. The mind becomes pure. And so it's a different kind of jhana. That's that one arises practicing vipassana, but is similarly able to um, to dispel the hindrances. So in brief, jhana is anything, any meditation. Jhana means meditation, but in Buddhism we call it jhana if it is able to dispel the five hindrances. Okay, before meditating, I have evil thoughts and act upon them. After some meditation practice, I still have evil thoughts, but I note them and I can let them go without acting upon them. If I meditate long enough, will these thoughts cease from arising entirely? Um, possibly, but the only way you can be sure that they won't ever come back is to become enlightened, to attain Nibbana, cut off step by step by step, cut off defilement. 
through the repeated attainment of Nibbana. Which either, either requires a lot of time or some intensity to your practice. Is it better to meditate outside when conditions permit? Better in what way? More efficacious? Meditation is meditation. It has nothing to do with the outside. You're always outside. right? Outside is everything outside of your body. That's outside. In reality, it's all outside. If you're talking about samatha, there might be a better, a different answer. But in vipassana, in terms of vipassana, there's no difference. Hi, Ali. Good to see you. <laughs> Experience a lot of involuntary and strong bodily movements. Almost whenever I let go or get concentrated. Should I do anything about them being about them except being uh -oh. I think we have to increase the character limit, right? Or people just have to have to shorten their questions. Should you do anything about them? Well, you should hmm. No, not really. You should note them, and you should note whatever may be potentially feeding them, if anything. But simply noting the feeling, or if it's already gone, noting knowing, knowing, it's enough. You don't really need to do anything. No, I mean, if you're noting, like, feeling, feeling, or knowing, knowing, that's enough. But sometimes they're caused by something. Sometimes there's something about your meditation that is causing. Sometimes. It can be so many different causes. Causes can be physical. Causes can be from the brain. Causes can be based on food. Causes can be evil spirits possessing your body, naughty spirits possessing your body. That's the, uh, yeah, all kinds of spirits. There was this monk who, uh, who told me, crazy monks, you know, if you live in Thailand long enough, you meet all kinds of monks. One monk told me that uh, he'd seen everything, he, he, every kind of spirit. He'd seen them all. One time he was sitting in his room and someone walked in through the door and then closed the screen door right on someone's face. And he he held up his hand to kind of say, hey, don't watch it. You're, there's someone behind you. And the person behind him just walked right through the door. And, and, oh, and he realized it was just a spirit. And he said once he was lying in his bed and the spirit came down and 
and had sexual intercourse with him and just the things he told me. I don't know whether it's true or not, but anyway, not, not probably related to your situation. Right, so is it better to note angry, angry, or simply feeling, feeling? Better to note angry, angry. But anger is not the whole story. When the anger is gone, there's still going to be a painful feeling. There will be other physical manifestations of anger, consequences of anger. You should note those as pain, pain, or feeling, feeling, or whatever. Tense, tense. Okay, maybe I'll go early because tomorrow we have a fairly big day. It's going to be fairly low key, but putting on a bit of a show tomorrow. I don't know that we'll do video or anything. I'm not going to live stream it. I'm too busy doing it. No? But I think we'll have to settle for pictures. If you want to take part, you can look at the pictures. It's not going to be that interesting. We're going to be eating lunch. It'd be nice to see how many people show up. Hopefully some people locally, but lots of food. So I was kind of tempted to send out another email to the McMaster Buddhism Association, letting them know that, hey, there's lots of food. Come on out if you were afraid because you thought it, heard it was potluck and you don't have any food. Uh, don't worry because you can come out, but I feel like I've sent too many emails to that organization already and I don't want people to think I'm spamming them. So the, the problem is tomorrow we might have too much food. I don't really know. It's going to be... I'm suspicious that we're going to have too much food. In which case, well, maybe it can go in the fridge or the freezer and feed Aruna can eat it for the next week. <laughs> or people can take it back home with them. Anyway, so good night. We'll see you all tomorrow night, same time, same place. Good night.